I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here, and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online podcast. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, somewhere in Iowa, Sip. Somewhere in Iowa, so let's do this anyway. Yeah, he's um, working his way back, holiday break. Yeah, it's hard to work your way back from Iowa. <laughs> so he's, like he's trying to get back. Um, Croatia. Covering, covering Iowa, Nebraska basketball, obviously, coming up Thursday. It's a sellout Thursday night. Uh, mm. So so big bat. But we're Is not going to. sold out? Yeah. Um, so Seamus McKnight announced that, that the game is sold out, but. I want to get to this out of the gates here. Uh, big headline of the week: Garrett Nelson announces he will not be back, and there had been smoke really on this since the Iowa game. I mean, like you kind of knew something was going on, just because he hadn't really publicly embraced the new hire, hadn't right. really right. made any kind of statement of any kind, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we we now know why. I mean, there was talk about Garrett Nelson going in the portal. Yes. There was talk about Garrett Nelson going pro right. or staying, and, and he's going to go pro. Right. And the decision was met with a lot of what? You know, debate. Was it? Um, but when you look at it, he started 32 games at Nebraska. I mean, that's like a lot of games. That's mm-hmm. like a Neil Smith career. Three seasons, basically. I mean, if you break it down. Yeah, and he had, I mean, he had a good year last year. He was a very good college player. He had 65 tackles. I believe was the final total, nine tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. He's a special teams player. He's a very good college player. He was second team all Big Ten. I, I don't, Sean, he's not a surefire draft pick, but he might get drafted. He must be hearing something pretty good, pretty good from the NFL. I'm, curi- I'm curious what like draft all-star games, if any, he'd be in line for because he is eligible. You know, he, he is technically a graduate a senior mm-hmm. and, and that's what's hard for the fans to understand like he, he he's played four years of football like right. he didn't register yeah like he'll be 23 on march 1 he'll be 23 he's Sean. played in 43 games okay yeah and you know if the covid year was a full year he would have 47 games okay he played eight games in 2020 so yeah it, and it, it's a big loss i mean oh uh, hey listen now let's but, talk about that part I, I, yeah, when I when when you sent me, Abby, I was working really hard yesterday, and, and you, when you sent me the text, I thought my initial reaction was body blow. That's a body blow to the defense, because you 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 couple that with O'Shawn Mathis leaving, and then you figure in Caleb Tanner leaving, and the edge rusher position is pretty much decimated. Now, some people are going to be going, okay, you guys are really being sort of alarmist here. No, not not being alarmist. I mean, this those those three guys were men. 
Um, played a lot of football, a lot of football. I mean, O'Shawn not at Nebraska, but he played a lot of football. That's just, that's a that that was a All Big Twelve player, O'Shawn Mathis. Second team All Big Ten player, Garrett Nelson. Caleb Tanner never missed a game. Captain, you're and now you're dropping down to Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson. In fact, Sean, and Chief Borders, the transfer. Chief Borders, and I'd go get another. Tra- I'd go get another. Transfer. Well, they, they have Kai Whalen, and he's kind of an edge DN type guy. Shuko. And, and the hard part of Bart about things now is we don't really know how they're going to kind of develop the scheme. You know, like where where is a Kai Whalen? Is he an edge guy? Is he a de- defensive lineman? Um, and because so, it's not necessarily going to be a three three five, which Rule covered in his early signing day press conference. He said it's not necessarily going to be a three three five. We'll see what the personnel dictates. Right? Yeah, like Isaac Gifford. You know, what's his role in this kind of defense? Is he more of a linebacker now? Still could be a nickel. Is he a nickel? I mean, and there, there's a lot. Javon Wright. I mean, there's a lot of intriguing characters in this defense now for Nebraska. But, yeah, the D-line, like Kay, Kai Whalen is somebody that you wonder where he fits. Like Elijah Judy is a D-lineman. He's 300 pounds. Like, he's big. Uh, Nash Outmacher, Ty Robinson, Stephon Wynn, we think they're all back. You think Wynn will be back? Well, where's he going to go? Like, Pro or just Drew's not back though. Yeah, Devin Drew's done. Yeah, but he's just and it's kind of confusing because like it is confusing. Chancellor Brewington announced like he was going to the pros. Well, Chancellor Brewington played six years of college football. It's like really confusing. what what did I miss here? Yeah, nothing. It's confusing. Like why why are guys that played six years of college football announcing they're going to the pros? I, well, I, because eligibility is it's con- everyone's confused, right? I mean, Garrett Nelson had that pretty good quote in August. At Big Ten Media Days, was that August or late July? Late July, where where he said, you know what? He he said this. He said, I don't know how many years of eligibility I have left. It's he goes, it's, it's because because of he was speaking to that sort of confusion. So anyway, anyway, yeah, Garrett Nelson opting early for the NFL is a blow. He, he could could he rescind and come back? If he, um, I don't think. I mean, the way that statement read, it's over. Generally, it doesn't happen like, anyway. I mean, he's probably training. He's moving off somewhere to train, is my guess. Yeah, yeah. We should probably try to get a hold of him. I texted with him and just congratulated him. And he, you know, I, I actually out of just the day he made his announcement, I texted him and said, "Hey, did you have an idea when you were going to make an announcement?" Mm. Not even knowing he was making it like two. Hours. Maybe that's what spurred it. <laughs> what led to two hours later him. Making his announcement, then then I'm like, well, now I know um, he yeah. was making his announcement at that point. But all right, in other headline news, okay, Nebraska gets Ben Scott, another coup Big for the offensive line coach mm-hmm. Donovan Riola. And you know when he came on his trip to Nebraska, it was a surprise. I think the other surprise was Dominic Riola was with him mm-hmm. on the trip. Mm-hmm. Now Dominic is from St. Louis. That's where Ben Scott went. St. Louis, Hawaii. St. Louis High School in Honolulu. Saint, yeah, Saint, thank uh, you. Saint Louis Donovan High School in did not go to St. Louis. He went to another rival high school in Honolulu. Uh, I was corrected. I assume the the both Riola brothers went to St. Louis. They did not. Okay, but they're all from Honolulu. They have the Nebraska connection because Ben Scott's mother, uh, Cheryl Ranbor. Yeah, um, Rambor, that's it. From, from Columbus. It's from Columbus. Yeah. And we got a lot of great listeners to the Husker Online show from Columbus, and mm-hmm. you are from the great town. Yeah, and Columbus. she's a great ahead of me. I didn't know Cheryl very well. She was a she was in my brother's grade. She was a great ahead we'll of me. We'll have to have Cheryl on the show just to tell her what she knows about Steve Sipp. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good idea. 
Let's not do that, in fact. How about we not do that? <laughs> we talked about it, and it's done. We're not doing it. Um, anyway, anyway, yeah, huge get. I mean, Sean, ostensibly you're looking at your starting center, right? 1,800 career snaps, but he transitioned from right tackle to center. So And started at center for Arizona State last year, 11 games. And there was some intrigue, like, oh, could he play right? No, they want him as a center. And he wants to play center because that's his pro position. Yeah, you interviewed him. And the Riolas are both centers, Dominic and Donovan. Mm-hmm. And they obviously Dominic played in the NFL. Donovan was in the NFL, too, for a little bit, right? Like a year? Donovan, def- F- a- a- absolutely. He played in 09 for the Bears. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how – we're on the depth chart we're talking. But, yeah, he played a couple years but in the NFL. But I think that connection along with the Nebraska connection. I mean, Ben Scott went to the camp at Nebraska twice. I mean, he, he went here in 2016 and 2017. Right. I, I remember seeing him here. Uh, but just wasn't on the radar. Just was not going to get an offer to Nebraska at that point. Put it, He was only a three-star. Only, you know. But he put himself – I mean, uh, this is obviously a player who developed well at Arizona State. I mean, he did start a season at right tackle, like you mentioned, and then moved to center and started a season. Um, he maybe started three seasons, but for two for sure. So you're getting a tested player, a, a mature player. Um, so, I, I mean, it's gigantic. Now, you're going to keep hearing me say this. They need to go in and probably get another portal player. On yeah, the I mean, we board. broke it down in the chat this week. They, they probably have – I would say six game usable bodies. Well, that's not enough in my opinion, Sean. Like, can you go – I mean, I can't find seven there, can you? Oh, unless well, Hunter, some... Unless you put Hunter Miller in there. Do you consider Hunter Miller – Hunter Anthony? Hunter Anthony. Yeah, Hunter Anthony, excuse me. Yeah. Where's Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller, still a walk-on, kind of buried behind okay. those other guys. Hunter Anthony played this year some, then got moved out. Uh, I – I would like to think that Hunter Anthony could get to the level where he can help them, you know, in a good way. I, they're light there. They're so, light on the offensive so line. Six isn't enough. Prohaska, Newelli, Corcoran, Ben Scott, Bryce Benhart, Ethan Piper. That's your six. There you go. You got Hunter it. Anthony is a seventh. Okay. Need another one. And, yeah, you can't put a freshman out there. No, no, no. You're, you're bringing in these guys, these five – I mean, it could be five offensive linemen, depending on what you do with a couple of them. A couple of them could play defensive line. But, but you don't want to play them that early. No, you just assume that's, not. That's half the problem with Nebraska. Right. They, they have played too many guys early in their career, and, yeah. and it's, it's made it hard. I'd like to know what, what Rule's thinking now. I think we'll get a crack at the assistants in coming days, and that would be a great question for, for instance, for Donovan. I mean, are, will you go into the portal for somebody else? It'd be a good question for Satterfield, right? Marcus Satterfield, are, where are you looking in the portal? Man, when I look at this roster, Sean, I see portal needs, you know? I do. I, I don't know where you see them, but I see them inside linebacker depth. Um, I see them up front on defense. You don't know what Colton Feast is going to do, right? You know, he, he hasn't made a decision yet. and He's huge, Sean. That, that's, a, that's an every-game starter this and year. And he's still a walk-on. I mean, that's the thing yeah. that's interesting. Technically that, a walk-on. I mean, he's on an NIL. Yeah. I, he's, he's better than scholarship players they've had. I'd take a, him over Casey Rogers, for instance. And in the old days, they would call it he's on a county scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> he's basically on scholarship, but I he's mean, not. he's proven to be a better player than those two guys that went to Oregon. 
Yeah, and he's he's been, he was better than Win and Drew. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. And I guarantee a Win and Drew were not cheap to get here Mm-mm. in terms of nil. Probably not. Colton, Colton, his decision. I don't want to say it's as big as Garrett's, but it's not that far behind. His, that's a big decision. I hope he's coming back. We got to find that and out. January sixteenth. That is the day. You know the, the the deadline is for the portal. It's the day NFL deadline for guys, and it's also the day before workouts start. Say Nebraska. that again. January sixteenth is the day. What NFL the portal dra- closes? The portal closes. The draft deadline, and it's the day before workouts begin in Nebraska. So technically, if you declared for the draft, you have until January sixteenth. You could say, "Okay, I'm not doing it." Yeah, I mean, Garrett Nelson could withdraw. Yeah, and. I think we don't sign with an agent, maybe. Don't you think now in the NIL world, it's a little easier to like kind of get around some of those benefits that you would get on your name? Yeah. Where before, if you signed with an agent, they gave you a car or whatever yeah. they gave you, like that, that, you couldn't really get out of that. Now you can, I mm-hmm. think. I mean, like it's an NIL deal, right? I mean, you know, yeah. So, but but again, let's establish something. You don't expect Garrett to be back, nor no, do I. Nor no, do I. I I never had a good feeling. The way he left the field at Iowa, it just didn't – it felt like that was it. You yeah. saw him. Yeah. You saw him walk that field. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All he right. was elated. Yeah, and it just felt like I had been through hell and back. This is the moment I want to end on. Okay. That's how it felt to me. Okay. That makes sense. All right, when we come back, we are going to uh, – they announced nine – they didn't announce. But they, they list now nine new members of the staff. We're going to get into that. Uh, We're going to get into Chancellor Ronnie Green's decision to retire, what that might mean and why. Next, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, as we're going to get into some of these additions made or official additions that have yeah. been made uh, on the staff, but before we get to that, um, this segment of the Husker Line Show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, also Tavern 180, next door neighbor on 30th and Yankee Hill Road. If you're looking for a place to watch at, uh, bowl games, uh, no better spot than, than Tanner's. You're going to get great wings, great service, TVs everywhere, all the games on, all the feeds of everything. That's Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Road, proud sponsor here of the Husker Online Show. Uh, but SIP, they announced nine mm-hmm. new hires for Nebraska this week. And not really announced, they now list them. Yeah, they didn't announce them. You announced. <laughs> we, we just put it together, you know, checking that uh, directory. But, um, you know, it's interesting because we, we know, obviously, now they've made eight of the 11 coach hires, and that's counting the strength coach. Okay. Like, we don't know who the receivers coach is. Right. We don't know who the tight ends coach is. We don't know who the linebackers coach is. Um, we're waiting on those. Um, we think Bob Wager could be the tight ends coach. That's right. a hunch. Yeah, he is the coach, the Texas Arling, Arlington coach. Martin. Yeah, Arlington Martin. Thank you. Um, but, 
now official, Adam DeMichael, offensive analyst. Omar Hales, director of player personnel and high school relations. Mike Wallace, director of scouting. Now, those three gentlemen have already been heavily involved. You've seen them on social media. Um, now, Jarrett Wishon is the assistant to the head coach. And, and this one kind of is interesting to me, Sip, because he's he's not really a coach. I mean, it sounds like he's more like the head of cartel security. I mean, <laughs> interesting way to put it. I mean, he, he worked for the ATF. Yes, he did. And he was a, a detective with the Charlotte police. Yeah, just I guess he falls under the category of good guy to have around. Yeah, it, but I, I'll be curious what his role is. He joined Rule in Carolina, and he'll follow him here. Um, but, it, you know, when you have these large budgets to put staffs together, you got a lot of wiggle room to, to bring in different areas of people you want to bring in. Sure. Um, James Hess, Associate Director of Football Strength and Conditioning, uh, Tyler Miles, another assistant strength coach. You know, both these guys come with interesting backgrounds. Hess worked at Baylor with Corey Campbell. Uh, Miles worked at a number of places, including Duke and Miami. Um, and then he, he trained guys for the combine. So th- those are kind of like your your number two strength coaches or backup strength coaches. Uh, Phil Simpson, the former head coach of Miami Homestead High School, played for Matt Rule. He will be uh, – defensive quality control i like this hire yeah you like it because the guy coached at homestead high school and he was 23 and 4 over his final two well and just the the ability to go into miami and and speak the language and we know the history nebraska had bad luck with miami recruiting um under frost okay so why do you think it'll be better um i think it'll be better because covid's not around that and they actually have somebody now with legit contacts and feel for what's going on down there it's a different world yeah i mean literally you feel like you're in a different country when you go to miami yeah and yeah so 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 you still got to convince me that they can pull you can pull players out of there but what you're talking about is keeping them here yeah and with think and when i say covid i know covid's still around what i'm saying is they had a lot of trouble with those guys from miami when they came up here and there was no in the classes were all online. Everything was shut down. And here are these guys from Florida wandering around. Like, what What do we do? Like they're in China. Yeah. I mean, literally. Yes. Yes. Seriously. That's what it, was, it feels. Yeah, it was, it was a very abnormal situation. Now, maybe with some degree of normal normalcy coming back, the university experience being normalized, maybe you have a better shot at keeping those guys around, especially, Sean, if you're winning I've talked you know. to um, some people about this. Like they used to bring these kids up in January, you know, high school kids. Uh-huh. And I think there's a thought now, especially kids that are from like the warmer climates, like just get them up here in May and June. I mean, Lincoln, Nebraska in May and June is a wonderful place. It's a, it's a world of difference than it is right now. Girls are wearing short shorts and baseball games are going. I mean, it, it just – whole different deal right i suppose yeah you, you bring guys up here in it's Jan- warmer you bring guys up here in january Whoa. it's a whole yeah it's siberia <laughs> and so and it's dirty snow and it's yeah yeah salts yeah. everywhere and it gets dark at 2 p.m you know <laughs> um <laughs> that sounded really bleak um okay the other one on this one that's interesting he, matt rule has hired a general manager sean Patton. 
general manager. Now, we don't know what that picture looks like. Is that chief of staff, basically? I look at this as like Jared's job. What Jared to, Lambert. Yeah, what he used to do for Frost. And he's got a corporate background, which Jared Lamprick did before he started working. So I think these jobs are so big, it's more than football. And we know that. Okay, now, now here's my question. and you, We haven't talked about this publicly or privately. Is this Billy Devaney? Billy Devaney was a general manager for yeah. Mike, basically, right? Billy Devaney had Billy Devaney. Mm-hmm. I call them Devaney. Yeah, Devaney. <laughs> um, he had a scouting background, a personnel background. This is not that. Oh, okay. They, yeah, Billy Devaney was involved in recruiting. De- yeah, and like, personnel decisions, right? Well, it got heated. I'll never forget this. Like Billy Devaney told Mike Cavanaugh that he had to start Matt Farniak at guard over Tanner Farmer when. Farniak wasn't ready yet, and it was a disaster. And then they ended up having to go back to Tanner Farmer and but, during the same week. But Billy Devaney wielded that kind of power? Yes. Wow. And it caused a lot of tension. I'll bet it did. I, I don't see that being – I mean, Billy Devaney played a, a, a factor in, in firing Mark Banker. Yes, he did. In hiring Bob Diaco. There you go. Um, and yeah. then finally, Kevin McGarry. What do you think of this one? Kevin McGarry – um, well, he's a he's a veteran. He's I mean, Tony this, White's guy. This has been a head coach. He was a head coach at San Diego, FCS San Diego. He was the head coach before Harbaugh was the head coach at San Diego. Um, so he was 39 and 38 as San Diego's head coach. You know, and we're talking we're talking 96. 90, 1996. This is a veteran. I mean, this is a veteran. I mean, that's a $200,000 a year analyst. That's my read right there. Yeah. Like, when you look at the – I think most people are like, what's the pay of these guys? I think Patton's probably the highest. Yeah. You it, think he's making north of two hundred? Well, Jared Lamprick made 400000 as chief of staff. Yeah. So you got to think that that job is in the three to four range. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes, I would. I, it would be interesting to get those numbers. Um, Kevin McGarry would probably be in the twos because he, he's a really high up analyst in the hierarchy of analysts he's going to be the highest there's going to be um you know the other jobs i think are probably going to be in that one to 200 range in most of these cases Still quite a bit of money. yeah i mean you put it in perspective in bo pelini's final year there was only one coach that made over six figures it was jeff jambrock hey let's let's revisit that for a second i think people this is a time of year where people like to like hear about that billy devaney story that that was fascinating Bo, I don't mind saying this, Bo wanted a structure like this and was denied. I mean, he wanted a rec- – By I-course, right? Yeah. He wanted a – he wanted the recruiting operation to expand. He presented a plan that was shot down. I mean, it was shot down by – Because they didn't want it to work. They, they absolutely didn't want it to work. That stuff needs to be said. I mean, they didn't want – no, they didn't want Bo to work. I mean, that's – it got to that point, and that's – and that was the sort of frustration that overflowed. And you, you do know? things in recruiting, like you cut out private jets. Yeah, you know, and and just I you mean, can jack with a, co- a head coach. I mean, AD we, can really jack with a head coach. We, I mean, we saw that a little bit with Frost and Trev at the end. I mean, with private jet usage. I mean, Eric Chenander and coaches had to, you know, drive. They couldn't get a hotel room in Omaha. They had uh-huh. to, they had to drive back to Lincoln late night, then drive back to Omaha at six in the morning the next day. Yeah, that's. And and that kind that's, of that's being a good steward. I mean, that kind of stuff like that you met, but you it gets in the head of coaches. I said that, I said that wink, winking. <laughs> by the way, um, right. I, yeah, 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 you wonder how much of that is 
sending a message a it, little bit. It, yeah, I mean, and finally, I want to get on this topic. Ronnie Green announces retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot there. I mean, I think when you really get in the hood of this conversation. Yeah, there um, is. Jim Pillen, former Husker player, board of regent, now new governor, was in odds with Ronnie Green over um, some of his, his critical race and other things that he pushed through the university. It was very public. I'm not. I'm not saying anything that's not out there already. And now Jim Pillen's the governor, uh-huh. and now Ronnie Green retires. Yeah. In it, 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 then there's the other part, which, which Ronnie talked about publicly, is that he lost his dad. His dad, I believe, was 59 and didn't get a chance to see the grandkids get raised. And I think Ronnie always had that in the back of his mind that you know he wants to be able to have that part of his life going forward. Now, the thing I'd say about Ronnie in the sports realm is I think you'd agree, Sean, Ronnie was a big fan. I mean, he was a he was very active in the sporting realm. His but, wife as well. Yeah, but but here's the difference between Ronnie and a lot of his well, a few administrators that came before him. They were he didn't politicize that position in terms of athletics, I didn't think. He stayed kind of stayed out of it. He did what he was supposed to do. You know, um, we saw it with Perlman though, with like the yeah, he the, got involved too. I mean, involved. the Ron Brown prayers. Well, Harvey, Bo, Bo Pelini having the priest on the plane. Yeah, it got sort of political with Harvey at times, and he made some really bad decisions. Ronnie just he managed situations. He didn't thrust himself into him. Is that a good way to put it? Um, so that you know, I thought Ronnie showed restraint. Um, Whereas some administrators here, and you know, since the two, since the late '90s, didn't show up. Now in 2019, mainly Harvey. Let's face it. I mean, generally speaking, we're talking about the former chancellor Harvey Perlman. And it, come on, I mean, he was. And people say, well, "Okay, simple. You're being a little unfair here." No, no. Here, he he was the common denominator throughout the struggle, throughout the programs being decimated. Well, and Osborne, he Bell. was a, he was he was a common denominator. Osborne bailed him out. Got Nebraska in the Big Ten. Then they then they pushed and, then, and they pushed Osborne out. Yeah. I mean, so like that's just, a whole. It was just disgusting, sort of. And hired Icorse without letting Osborne know anything about it. Yeah, which isn't now that part of it, Sean. I understand that to a certain extent. But did he tell Osborne he'd have a say? Well, there you go. Did he tell there him that, that's the other? Yeah, and I think he did. I think he did, and then he didn't. Then he didn't follow through on it. So, oh, they were all. I mean, I we're not speaking. This is not. I will tell the listeners this. This is not. We're not gossiping at this point. We were very. I mean, I was very in, in the tune middle with that. Yeah, I mean, Bo Bo was Bo Pelini was adamant about this whole thing. Like we had no idea what was going on. We were not. We were not made aware. And so they knew. And by the by the way, when that's happening, Sean. Bo knows his fate at that point pretty much. His staff begins to know. Which is why Bo was looking at jobs. He, well, and why he was paranoid all the time, you know. I mean, and still won. Still won games. Won back-to-back weeks at Michigan and Penn State on the road. Yeah, he was hell. With Ron they, with Ron Kellogg at quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, well, let's get in. Interesting uh, times. We'll come back. Abby Barmar is going to join us. We're doing two mailbag segments. Oh, my God. So, Abby will be on a lot longer, and uh, we got a lot of questions here. Uh, you're listening to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Joining us now, Abby Barmore, as uh, we take your questions in the mailbag. And no, Robin, and we get so many good questions, we can never get through very many. So, like, let's do two. Okay. Let's okay. let's do two. Two mailbags. So, Abby, what do you got to lead us off in the mailbag? All right, our first one. What remaining roster needs are there now that early signing day is done? Mm, tight end, I would say, is one. Hold on, stop there. They have a pretty long list of guys. A.J. Rollins, Borkacher. James Carney. Yeah, but who's... Uh, Fidoni, Thomas Fedoni. So you're, you're banking on Fedoni being healthy and ready. Okay. And Borkature kind of being the other guy. And then A.J. Rollins. And A.J. Rollins. Are we sure? Like, I got to looking at that tight end depth chart the other day. I'm like, wait a second. I okay. got a bunch of guys. I'm going off of what they're doing in the portal. They're, like, they're pursuing portal tight ends. Like, that, that that's what my read is. But they're going after portal tight ends everyone's going after. Like... The guys they're offering get like twenty offers. Who am I missing in that crowd? By the way, oh, like Tagavoa. Is he going to be a tight end? Well, he's listed as a tight end. That's what he wanted to be, and I probably botched his name. Tagaloa. Tagaloa. Um, so that there's a list. <laughs> that of, was like a random Tony Tuioti out of nowhere take, and then Tony Tuioti just left. So where else? Um, defensive line, Sean. I mean, I think you got to go get somebody, right? Right, and we've talked about an O lineman. Another, another. I mean, we t- they they got Elijah Judy up front, but I think you got to get another one. And My- they're they're at ninety scholarship players today, but they'll get down. Like every every year, people are like freak out about being over. Don't freak out. They'll get they'll get to eighty five. Well, part of, part of the reason you don't freak out now is nil, right? Yeah. Well, like if okay, it, if it, it, you might not run off a guy now because you can say to him, okay. You're not going to technically be on scholarship, but we can still pay you. There's a lot of guys on here, though, like Tyreek Johnson. Is he going to really play a six-year college football? Braxton Clark. Is he going to play a six-year college football? I would. I, would, I mean, wouldn't Braxton Clark be – I mean, maybe say, look, I'm going to try to give this one more go. Yeah, but what if they're not in the mix to play and travel? Right, right. Like, So there's a lot of guys in that camp. Um, when you look at the older – like Omar Brown, is he healthy? Can he play? Like we don't know. Um, you know, you, you go up and down. So to answer the question, who, where else would you go? You said tied in. Where else would you go? Where else do you think they need to go for the portal? I said defensive line. Which pass, like a pass rusher. Yeah, pass rusher. And then on, on the offensive line, I think they need one or two more bodies. I think they're good in the secondary right now. Yeah, I do. I do too. Um, but, yeah. What about running back? Well, A.J. Allen appears to be staying. Like, that's good, right? Appears to be definitely, yeah. What about that starter, Anthony Grant? Yeah, still staying. Okay, as we know, you have you have Irvin, Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson could, Ramir. could re- reemerge. Ramir, I think, um, will benefit from Applewhite being gone. Is what I that that's was my read. That's bad, my read. A bad picture there for him, wasn't it? Well, I think Applewhite was the impetus to Ramir moving to receiver when he really didn't want to. 
And it was, I think, Applewhite, from what I've heard, it, it was more Applewhite wanted him to play receiver, not running back. And I think there, the way I understand it, it was sort of a compromise. Like, now, wait a second. Ramirez a running back, so we're going to play him both at least. Yeah, that thing got off the tracks pretty quick. Well, I just think Applewhite – Applewhite taking that job wasn't good for Ramirez. My read on it because he wanted his guys, which AJ yeah. Allen's good. Yeah, oh AJ and Allen. Anthony Grant is good when he has a good guy with him is good. Yeah, but Anthony Grant taking thirty carries a week in the Big Ten. Well, it's rough. Well, no one can do that. Who does that nope. in the league? Well, Chase Brown got hurt. He yeah. got, he tried to do it. Mo Ibrahim could do it. Yeah, he could do it. <laughs> his career's like over probably after Minnesota. Well, he's thirty three. So, <laughs> what do you got? What do you got next, Abby? What is Matt Rule in his staff's recruiting pitch? Ooh, twenty four is ours. But that's that's <laughs> the thing they keep doing on, on social media. By the way, what do you think of all that? Like what the social media kind of cryptic game that's going on? It's the times. It's the times. I mean, is it? Is it just like, in, I joke to you, who's basically being like, we're getting Dylan Riola and we're so excited about it that we're just playing a cryptic Twitter game about it right now? Could be some of that. I mean, it it just feels that way, but. It doesn't strike me as something Ohio State would do or Alabama would do or Georgia would do, but I guess we're not Ohio State. R- Georgia, Rule Alabama. has gotten real busy on Twitter. Yeah. He really has. That's ah, all right. I, mean, I don't. It obviously isn't my style, but it's. That's, that's the times. Yeah, it's the times. It's the times. The pitch, though, is come to a great – I mean, this is Nebraska. Like, we're in the Big Ten. We're coached by an NFL head coach now. Development. Development to I the think, next level. Yeah, I think a big pitch that Matt Rule can espouse is development because he has the background to do it. He, he can point to players, a lot of them, that he developed that weren't – highly recruited guys that are playing in the NFL. So I think a lot of the pitch is development. We can develop you. Which coaching position gives you the most concern or feeling of own unknown going into the season? Offensive coordinator. Yeah, because Satterfield, it, until the last couple of weeks, it wasn't really going well at South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's a lot of it. Um, and some of it has nothing to do with quality. It's just the unknown. What's it, what's, what's it going to look like? I mean, when you listen to Rule, he's not talking about like a spread offense, and he's not talking about a, throwing it around a yard that much. He's talking about running the ball with a big offensive line, playing like Michigan. And Jeff Sims is 6'4", 220, and they want him to run it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, just what it'll look like is not, not that – I'm not saying Marcus Satterfield can't coach – He's obviously proven himself at a high level. I love the fact that Satterfield's been a head coach, even if he's a you know he's six and sixteen. Tennessee State, right? Yeah, or Tech. Um, <laughs> I think it was Tech. Um, six and sixteen wasn't it? Didn't go good. Got fired. But but he was a head coach, which shows a level of organization. And the fact he was going, he was able to go before an AD and get a head coaching job. I like that. Um, but that's the one. I feel very good about the defensive coordinator. Um, but but again, there's questions about that too. I mean, he they gave up points. Syracuse gave up points to good teams this year. I mean, if you look down that schedule. But I but that he's definitely an up and coming young coach. Tony White. Tony White, yeah. I feel like the offense though, I think Rule is gonna have a huge like say in a lot of it. Like not he's not calling the plays as we know, but he's gonna be heavily involved in it. I, I yeah, I think so. Because people I've talked to, 
that know what's kind of going on here, I think Rule is going to have a heavy grip on a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's that type of coach. Who's drafted first in the NFL draft, Mathis or Nelson? Hmm. Probably Oshan. Why do you think that? Um, I think he's a little longer, levered, and he'll 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 look good in testing. Like that Iowa game for Oshan was really good. I mean, he had nine pressures in that game. Let's say this though. I mean, let's be honest. There's no guarantee that that either of them will get drafted. Are they around like six seven six seven ish? Yep. yep. Six seven. Trey Palmer, he could go anywhere from like three to six, right? Hard to read that one because receivers are. Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, you look at like the a lot Chiefs. Of good ones. Well, there's a lot. Of good the Chiefs ones. let go of Tyree Kill and they just find other guys. Right. Like, there's a lot of guys like that out there. But there's not a lot of guys that run like him. Now, the the question with him will be physicality. You saw what Illinois did. They beat him up a little bit. They made they made they made it tougher to line of scrimmage. Well, in case he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's true too, but. Uh, Palmer has elite speed. I mean, there's not that many guys we've covered, Sean, where you could build a game plan around just his ability to beat corners deep. To outrun everybody. How many many guys can you point to over the years that could do that? Not many. Well, and like, think about Iowa. Who's done that? No one does that to Iowa. That was a a very aggressive game plan that you could execute because you had a a guy that ran a 10-2-100. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue the mailbag segment. More questions. You're listening to the Husker Line Show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show mailbag segment part two. Abby, you're getting more time today. You better take advantage of it. What do you got next? All right, kick it off. What about Matt Rule gives you the most optimism and what is your biggest concern? Um, most got- optimism for me, Sip, is his level of detail, organization, CEO-like skills. And yep. let's be honest, there hasn't really been a coach with that since Callahan. There Cal- hasn't. Callahan had a lot of had faults, but he had – Not a lot of them. He had a lot of things his that – His fault was Cosgrove. In politics. He didn't yeah. have Osborne. Right. But Callahan built a model that was going to work. I agree. Um, it needed one or two more years. It was going to work. Because it almost won, it almost won both like two Big Twelves with the players. I know. It, it, when you look back on the Callahan regime, there's no doubt you look back more favorably, if only because he was over 500. I think he was 27 and 22. I mean, they fired him a year after the Cotton Bowl. Think right. about that. Now I like, do think about it. Believe me. I mean, and, and I'm not dogging Cosgrove. We've covered this, but Cosgrove came from a world, the Big Ten, that was immensely different than the Big no 12. No spread offense yet. And the, the Big 12 back then was real spread out. Like, it was it – was, It was like Texas high school football. Yeah. Then. I mean, it really was. Right. And it was, it, was, it was more novel back then, too. It wasn't something that has now just become, okay, yeah, big spread team, great. Um, what I like most about Rule is what he has said, just something more particular, I guess – is what, that he will adapt the offense to the environment. You know, he talked about, you know, it's cold here. 
there's ice on the field. We got to run. We got to be able to run. You know, we have to. We have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make this fit the environment. That is something that again, Bo didn't do that. Riley sure the hell didn't do that. Frost sure the hell. Didn't I mean, do remember that. Frost trying to run his offense <laughs> against Michigan. Hey, remember Frost trying to run his offense against Michigan State? Yeah. In 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And and I do like, remember it was freezing cold. Everybody knew you couldn't throw. Yeah. And he's like, well, we're going to come out and try to run our offense. And the ball just, like, dropped. Yeah. Like, you couldn't even, like, get the ball. So Rule's saying he's speaking Osborne's language now. Osborne geared his whole offense with a lot of it with the weather in mind. All right? Because we're not going to be able to throw the ball around in November. And everybody, like, almost forgot about that. Like, Well, we got lucky. There's been some nice Novembers. I guess, yeah. No, I mean, this year is true. It's true. Like, 2018 was bad. Yeah. 2022 was bad. Yeah. Everything in between, even COVID, when we played like December, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Think about the Wisconsin game this year, though. How was it throwing the ball on that day? What oh. that ball looked like it merged through up into the into that north wind. Oh, it was died. A, it was a a bia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A bear night. Yeah. Um, can, what's our concern though? Um, the concern is to me is he's never recruited this area and even him going up there and saying I'm going to recruit Texas I'm going to rely on Texas hey now I mean are you sure about that are you sure you're going to get those what kids are you getting from Texas are you getting the the third and fourth choices of Texas Tech because what are we talking about here my concern is like you see what I'm saying yeah I mean you got to pull kids up here that don't they don't play down there so I, I I was a little bit taken aback by that part. Well, if you get Dylan Riola here, yeah, he's from Arizona. A lot of things come with him. That's 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 helpful. Yeah, like that's your best recruiter at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you're not gonna have Dylan Riola forever. My other concern would be: Does he know what he's really walking into? Like, it's all wine and roses and parades now. Mm-hmm. But a here year comes, from now, here comes UCLA, USC. Like, no, but j- just the. The true fishbowl of this place. Oh, the place. E- everybody says they're ready for it. Uh-huh. But how many people have you ever met that really could handle it? Yeah, when the games get going, it's a little different situation. Um, he seems cut out for it to me. He does seem cut out for it. I mean, Scott Frost is from here, and he wasn't cut out for it. But Frost is different. Yeah. Frost has a different personality. He than- demanded privacy, and that was that was a hard thing in that role out of the gate he demanded privacy rule seems to have more of a warm personality a welcoming personality frost i'm not dogging frost i like frost i mean i've known frost since he was a player and we've gotten along and i like him but his personality is a little different it's not as welcoming it's not as warm you got to get really get to know him and even if you get to know him it's not 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 terribly warm all the time so Rule does seem to have the. It's just a personality. It's not a. I'm not casting aspersions towards Scott at all. It's just. I mean, I'm like I'm more like Scott than Rule, so I'm, I'm not I'm not criticizing him. Um, like Scott was the type of guy that would go into Laszlo's through a back door. Yeah, I'm looking and at Rule. Rule, come, Rule would go through the front door. I think so. Right now he would. He hadn't played any games yet. If they lose five in a row, is he going? Is he coming through the? Is he coming through the front? <laughs> Laszlo's. Door? I'm looking out our window here and seeing the Laszlo sign. Yeah. I mean, that's some of it remains to be seen, but he definitely seems like a warm, welcoming personality. Okay, I have a couple of questions about the quarterback room. So the first one is, okay. who do you see transferring out and when? Ooh. Well. Good question, y- Abby. 
Okay, okay, let's... There's six scholarship guys right now. Is anyone leaving before January 16th? I don't think so. I think everyone, at least today, stays packed because where are you going to go? You know, why would you leave a $50,000 financial situation when you don't know you have another one to transfer into? Unless they know. Unless they have something. Yeah. But... So sure. we're talking about Richard Torres. Go from the bottom. Richard Torres. Heinrich Harbaugh. Shelva Purdy. Logan okay. Smothers. Casey Thompson. Okay. There's five. Now, now what What if wait, Sims... Oh, I was just about to bring up Jeff Sims. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. What if Sims is so good... Like, we're... He's the guy that's going to get guys to leave. That's that's why I didn't bring him up. What if he's so good during the spring, it's obvious he's a starter? Like, what's Casey do? Uh, Sims will have to be really good to show that he's obviously better than Casey Thompson. Okay, I have my doubts about that. That I thing is Casey play. that's going to get interesting. That dynamic. I mean, those guys aren't going to be going to lunch together. I don't know. I don't think so. I but mean, I, th- I think it's going to get really, really competitive. I, I'm, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not doing is just assuming that Sims is better than Casey. I mean, Kate. There was a big drop off from Casey to the backups last year. I mean, we saw Casey could handle that position pretty well, right? Now Logan Smothers, something to watch. Am I wrong? Yeah, oh yeah. But can he run and take the beating that you're going to need to do in this new offense? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good he question. ain't 6'4", 220. No, he's 5'11", 190. Or I, no, he's probably, I think they list him at 210 or 205. Now, something to watch with Logan Smothers, he's got a red shirt, number one, um, but he's got two years of eligibility left. Um, so would he redshirt this year, get his degree, and move on, and then have two years to play still? Like, that's something to watch. Or if if something favorable came his way in May, would he look at it? If, if he's not going to get a fair shake, is, what kind of look is he going to get in the spring? He had shoulder surgery too. Yeah, there's only so many snaps available. So when you got six, like how many snaps are available – for Logan Smothers, for Richard Torres, for Heinrich Harburg, are they going to get a? Are they going to get a shot, a, a legitimate shot? The, we know Sims in spring ball will get the one reps because the other guys are out. Well, Casey's out, and Logan's out, and Logan's out. So the best question is, who gets the two reps? Who, who, right now, would you say based on what you've heard and reported, Harburg, Harburg, yeah, yeah. Harburg, yeah, Harburg. Where's Chuba? Well, where's Chuba physically? He's had a lot of 49ers games right now. I know that. I've seen him on TV. But um, <laughs> but where is Chuba physically? His foot, his he ankle. He took that slide in Michigan, and hasn't. You know, we haven't seen him since. So I don't know where he's going to be. Is he is he available for the spring? And then you know, Torres is a wild card. Big wild card. Like he's got the. I mean, he might have the best arm of any. Of yeah. Them. Yeah. I. I I, I hope Richard Torres is in a competitive mode. I hope he's saying, well, well, you know, I can compete for this. I like Richie. I mean, I hope he gets a fair shake. Yeah. All right, final question. Your favorite Christmas gift you received this year? Ooh. Coffee maker. Co- what kind? I don't even know what Like a, a traditional one or like a, a, a K-cup one? No, it's traditional. Traditional? Traditional, yeah. I got a coat. Um, oh, <laughs> coat. Um, that was my gift. Nice. Coats my, last for a long time. A nice. I actually brought it with me. Little Lululemon, nice, fancy um, coat. I can wear. I, I got a lot of crap for my gloves I wore on high school state <laughs> football. So I had these running mitts. Yeah, and they're from the men's section, but they had like little white marks on them. They, yeah, those are questionable, and they're questionable. And I, and so I, I'm going to own the gloves and and continue to wear them. Okay, good. That yeah. Ooh, interesting. I'm not going to let the internet win. Wow, Sean, uh, Abby, what'd you get? Well, I got. 
some great things, but my favorite thing was a pair of like UFO like shoes. Have you had the pit, those pair of shoes? Uh-huh. They're like really cushiony, I would say. They have a high arch. They're like the most comfortable pair of shoes I ever got. So Whoa. I'm very excited. Well, that is exciting. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not being, I'm not uh, patronizing you. That is exciting. I love shoes. Yeah. It's hard to get your like, I mean, to buy gifts now. I mean, it's just. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> You're pretty good at it. <laughs> I prided myself on that. Like, what did you get your dad? I got my dad a, a expensive uh, bottle of scotch, but the the key is I got him this lawn ornament thing that I saw at this little shop in South Lincoln, where it's like a Santa. Uh, it, it, I mean, think about a real estate sign in a yard that you put put in a yard, but it's a Santa. I thought it was, for, and I got them for a lot of people. And your dad—they're like a hundred bucks each. Um, and I got—I got them for a bunch of different people. You can, yeah, this is a great gift. Nobody has them. Maybe they don't want them, but um, they—they, they, uh, I thought they were great. Hey, gifts. And I we got all, them for myself. We got a ping pong table too. Oh, that's fun. The girls can whip you. Yeah, and my we had Charlie will be able to beat you here pretty quick. They got to learn, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's good. Now they'll be fighting pretty soon. Some of our most epic fights in our family with the three boys were ping pong related. I mean, it got you vicious. Talk smack when you win. Yeah, or you lost, and it was controversial. And then a then a major league fight would ensue, and pretty soon my dad would have us out in the yard hosing us off. And <laughs> um, yeah, it got wild. All right, when we come back, we're going to close the show. Big Ten bowl games. Wisconsin's already played. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Luke Fickle coached. We'll go our yeah. thoughts on that next. You're listening to Oscar Line Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple bringing you home on this kind of non, probably the most non-productive week, Sipple, of the year by far. What do you mean? Well, in between Christmas, New Year's, like who's actually working this week? Well, I wish I could say I was working a little harder. <laughs> You're my boss. <laughs> but I was work I was working. We're working right now. Well yeah, no, we're working. But yeah. in general, most Americans are It's a strange week, right? It's a limbo week. <laughs> they're either stranded on a Southwest Airlines flight somewhere. Yeah. Or working. Yeah, or or they work part of the week. You get a lot of that. You, you get know? two or three days in. Yeah. And, yeah. But you know what was working last night was Wisconsin. Um, That's right. They played. Uh, Luke Fickle was working last night. Um, the, As, yeah. the new Badger head coach and uh, the Badgers beat Oklahoma State twenty four seventeen. I watched the whole game. My dad. My dad went to the game. How about that? Well, first of all, that's amazing because that game started like at nine fifteen p.m. You stayed up the whole time. I was really interested in that game. Okay, just because I wanted. I wanted to see Luke Fickle and yeah. what he brought. I, I was fascinated that he was coaching. Like in the lead role over Jim Leonard. Yeah, and this was the guaranteed rate bowl. Like, I, I have some questions for yeah. you. How was the crowd? Um, well, I don't know what the announce was, but it was fair. I mean, it was in okay. it was in the Diamondback Stadium, the baseball stadium. the The footing was terrible. Like, the, oh, they they put like a surface over the baseball diamond, and it was terrible footing. Like, there were there were moments where like guys just fell down. 
what you what struck you was something that is sort of cliche, but it's real, and that is the Big Ten bullied the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean let's 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 call this what it is. That's probably the worst Wisconsin team in fifteen years. Seven and six, seven and six. Like that is the worst Wisconsin team since like the late two thousand. 2000s probably I, I don't know what their records were at the end of Alvarez at the beginning of Yilma but that's probably when they had a team one year that went to a bowl game and beat Miami they were six and six that year I think too okay let's put it this way the Badgers in finishing seven and six avoided the program's first losing season since 01 2001 so you okay. look you look yeah. first that would have been their first losing season since 2001 they were playing without Graham Mertz at quarterback, um, John or not John or Braylon Allen was still dinged up. Like he kept coming in and out of the game with his shoulder or whatever injuries, still battling from the Nebraska game. Um, so this was not like a well-oiled Wisconsin team, and they they just for the most part manhandled Oklahoma State. Well, they manhandled re- them. Yeah. Now Oklahoma State comes in. Now think about it. Oklahoma State comes in ranked ninety-six nationally against the run. Okay, and they're missing several key starters. So what's Wisconsin do? They just roll up the run. They just roll the run game up. Forty-seven attempts, two hundred fifty-eight rushing yards for Wisconsin. Bully, bully, bully the Big Twelve team. Meanwhile, the Big Twelve team, also seven and six, can't run the ball against them. Like Mike Gundy couldn't run the ball. He looked disengaged the whole game. Like he just kind of didn't look. Like it's almost like he knew like. We're not a good matchup in this game. Well, he was missing a bunch of guys. Yeah, he I was mean, missing their quarterback a, and their top running back. So, and all those guys on defense. So, yeah, it's, let's put it this way: DeAndre Jackson, who Nebraska turned away. Remember that whole wait a second yeah. that running back from A and M when Parker and I were, yeah 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 and everyone like there were people on like Twitter like this Husker one guy that went after me that I falsely reported that. DeAndre Jackson wasn't coming. He didn't come to Nebraska. Right. He was playing. He was playing in this game for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. How'd that look? He did not yeah. look good. Really, didn't look good. Yeah, I mean they couldn't do any. Oklahoma State was O of their first ten on third down. O of ten on their first ten third downs. They were in the game though. I mean they lost twenty four seventeen. They had the ball late. The time of possession um, going into the fourth quarter, Wisconsin had a twenty minute advantage. It was like it was like. 32 to 13. Yeah. Well, they they bullied him. In fickle, the po- fickle coaches and is elated. He was elated with the with the outcome and elated with the three and a half weeks that he has spent there. It was kind of interesting though, like that Jim Leonard had to like be in the back seat. I know. I mean, really awkward. Really awkward. It's it is. Imagine a bowl game right now in Nebraska that rule would be in this role and like Mickey. <laughs> Right. I mean, we're doing a lot of imagining right now because um, right. Mickey wouldn't be able to coach. But imagine Mickey having to like be in the background. Oh, it'd be awkward. And Bill Bush be in the background. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have. Um, but it was. A, I mean, the Jim Leonard. Let's be clear. Jim Leonard thought he was going to be the head coach of Wisconsin until he wasn't. I mean, until this fickle thing rose. I mean, came out of kind of I mean, nowhere. He showed up to the church in his tuxedo. On the day of the wedding, uh-huh. and then found out. Uh, yeah, you're not getting married. You're here. not getting married today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, somebody else is here. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be yeah, it's a terrible analogy. But um anyway. It's a good analogy, actually. <laughs> okay. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not terrible. But anyway, yeah, Fickle. Luke Fickle just was he said it's been a great three and a half weeks and that that he was pleased he he, he said the attitude on the sideline was great. And again, I always I'm a very much a bowl proponent, even though I haven't watched one this year. This is seven and six Wisconsin team that goes into the offseason feeling very good because they were because they were victorious in a and Luke Vickle has something to build on now. Absolutely, like he can take he a little that. credit for it. Yeah, he, he said that. He now said, and Jim Leonard's gone, right? He's leaving. Yeah, he won't be around. He will. He, no, that he coached his last game as a defensive coordinator at Wisconsin because they're bringing in Tressel. Mm-hmm. From Cincinnati, uh-huh. Mike Tressel. Uh-huh. No, Leonard coached his last game there, and then the North Carolina OC is coming to Wisconsin, and we'll see what that looks like. Air raid guy. Yeah, we'll see on that. Though, yeah, right? we'll see on that. <laughs> we'll see if Barry Barry's a big fan of that. Yeah, I just I don't know what that's going to look like. And then I wouldn't. I would just wouldn't. I just I'm I'm sort of I'll believe it when I see it that they're throwing the ball around the yard. You know, I'll believe that when I see it. And Michigan um, also playing in Phoenix. My dad was down. He lives down there. He said he, he saw the Michigan buses driving around down there, too. And so they, they'll play TCU in Phoenix as well. Yeah, Saturday afternoon. And then you'll have Ohio State, Georgia. Huge, huge Saturday. I mean, uh, must see TV in both counts. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't assign me anything on Saturday. I got to watch the How games. big is this game for Ryan Day? Because it Fuck feels Andrew. like things have, like, Slip for him. Well, I had Bill Bender. I talked to Bill Bender today. Bill Bender, who works for the Sporty News. Bill Bender, who lives right outside of Columbus. And he said 50% of the fan, the Ohio State fan base is out of sorts. Like if they they're, get, the, they're the college football playoff, by the way, and they've won 11 games. And, and they're out of sorts. If they get boat raced by Georgia, like what's, that, what's that look like? Pressure on Ryan Day. Like is he coaching like the Eagles next year or something? No, I, I don't know about that, but there's pressure. I mean, losing Dylan Rayola is, was, was rough. But losing to Michigan back-to-back. Not affects, just losing. Yeah. Getting, getting rammed. Right. Now you're playing a Georgia team that's capable of ramming you. I mean, it's capable of winning by 21. Beating you by 21. Oh, it's huge. It's a huge game for Ohio State. I think Michigan – Maybe I'm way off on this. I think they handled TCU. I, I just disagree with you completely. I I think that game is going to be go down right to the wire. to the last minute. TCU is a strong team. I mean, they're one of the strongest teams in the country. They're very physical. Um, they will not be pushed around by Michigan, Sean. This if Michigan wins at all, it'll be late. It'll I, be. I'm late. just still envisioning Oklahoma State trying to go short yardage goal line on Wisconsin last. I night. don't think it's the same. I think Wisconsin. Or excuse me, I think that TCU. Now, um, I do have memories of them trying to to run the ball in against Kansas State. They couldn't do it. But TCU prides itself on toughness. They're not a typical Big Twelve team in that regard. They're they're a physical Big Twelve. Team. Oklahoma State the last night in that game, they had two plays like on the goal line. Yeah, and they tried it. to like go heavy. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like a little Ford Ranger pickup truck trying to drive through eighteen inches of snow. Okay. I mean, it, it just. Wasn't happening. I get you now. I but now think about TCU. The picture with that big quarterback they have, Duggan. Yeah, from Council Plus. That's a big quarterback. That's a Frost. Watch him play quarterback. It reminds you of Frost playing quarterback. Um, there and they. I'm telling you, TCU is physical. I've watched them twice. They're 
they will not back down to Michigan. Michigan's going to do that bully thing with their with their big ornery offensive line. They'll try it, but TCU's going to hang in there. And and I don't know. I like the TCU quarterback better than the Michigan quarterback. It'll be inter- I mean, these are great games. They are. They're fascinating games. They're fascinating. All right. Well, lots to talk about. We'll talk more about those games next week. And Robin will be back with us. We'll talk some hoops as uh, they got a big game with Iowa and some other games coming up. But uh, thank you for joining us here on a special holiday edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.